and welcome to Ending Physician Overwhelm. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a family and obesity medicine physician, as well as a certified life coach for physicians. In this podcast, we talk about how the learned habits of people-pleasing, perfectionism, and a lack of boundaries show up in our lives and how they contribute to burnout, exhaustion, and overwhelm. The healthcare system is broken, my friends, but let's not wait for it to be fixed in order to feel better. Hello and welcome to today's show. So today I have with me another special guest. I have Dr. Tanya Kaler, who is a family medicine physician up in Alaska, as well as a coach for residents and faculty. Um, And so we're going to talk a little bit about her experience today. Um, Dr. Kaler is originally from Florida and has been up in Alaska for a number of years now practicing and she has done both clinical and academic medicine and now does uh, some locums work for a local community health center in addition to uh, her role uh, still with the residency program and coaching. So Tanya, Dr. Kaler, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, um, Megan. And thank you for the work you're doing in um, helping provide support for physicians like across the country that are experiencing these kind of things. Yeah, I, I think about just for you and me, as we were talking earlier, how different would our lives have been if we had you early on giving us the support and just learning about all of this in a different way. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited and hopeful for those who are coming after us. Um, And uh, with that, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your own story of burnout and, you know, kind of what that, what that looked like for you, because everyone's story is so different. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, you know, I didn't even have the term, the terminology. I didn't even know the word burnout exactly. Um, But I had um, finished residency in 99 and went uh, into practice in Florida. We were in Florida for about um, nine years, and then we moved to Alaska. And I tell people because I'm a very good wife. Um, <laughs> actually, being in Alaska for the last 15 years has been an amazing move. Um, so um, I knew that I wanted to get into academic medicine. And when we moved up here, there was a faculty position at the Alaska Family Medicine Residency Program, which is a phenomenal program. And I loved every single hat I wore. And boy, did I not know how many hats you wore um, in academics, but I loved every one. And I had a few things um, that uh, caused some trouble that we can unpack later. Um, But what I found, what I found out was I was coming home at night, mentally and emotionally spent and unable to engage in meaningful conversation or studying or anything with my family members. And um, like little things like at work would just drive me insane. And I was had become impatient with colleagues and kind of felt disconnected with my patient population. And um, I didn't really have the terminology at the time, but basically I was in the middle of burnout and it had been such an insidious, slow process Mm -hmm. that I didn't recognize it. So I unfortunately was one of those um, who just decided I did not have the right makeup to Mm -hmm. be in. So after about eight years, um, 
one incident happened that made me think I'm done. And I went Mm -hmm. to go figure out what was out in the community and turn in my um, notice. And um, it wasn't until later that I had the terminology to figure out, oh my goodness, I was completely burnt out. I had the emotional um, exhaustion. I had the, you know, um, uh, lack of efficacy, self-efficacy and the depersonalization that was happening. So yeah, that's my story. Yeah. Um, so you, did, you did that sudden move that people fantasize about of like, I quit. No, <laughs> and, it was, and you did. Yeah. 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 And it, it didn't necessarily feel as good as probably no. people imagine. <laughs> um, and you know, I've had a number of um, friends and colleagues over the years who um, their pivot didn't um, work out because the grass really isn't always greener. Um, That's so true. Fortunately for me, I uh, was able to join a practice here in town that was set up by a husband and wife who set the practice up to enjoy mm. medicine and not maximize yeah. profits. And I cannot tell you how wonderful it was. Now, I know right now there are not as many of those practices out there. Hopefully we will change that over time, but that was a great place for me to heal and peel back the um, onion layers of what all had happened to me. Yeah. I think that's so important. You know, we, we have, we have this notion that there's some failing in us, right? There's some, there's something about us that can't cut it, that can't be happy. And you know, just, just kind of accepting the situation. And of course, if we would really talk to each other, we would find that most of us struggle with that, right? That we thought we would be happier, that we thought we would feel better. And, and we so often don't. And I, I, I appreciate that you were able to find this space where you could continue practicing medicine, but doing it in a much different environment which I think you're right is, is, you know, kind of a unicorn situation and hopefully won't, we won't think of it that way, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later that we'll, we'll think of, we'll see people, you know, really intentionally opening practices or practicing in a different way, bringing different things with them. I'm curious to know for you, like, what do you think some of those, those personal factors, um, not really personal, unique to you, but, um, some of those things that you really needed to change in order to be, you know, kind of moving forward from where you were. Uh, we, we talked a little bit before we started recording about external validation and, um, how we are so attuned to that. So I'm curious your perspective. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for the opportunity. So there are a few things that went on like looking backwards with, you know, hindsight being 2020 and now understanding what burnout is and understanding like 80% is going to come from the system level of things that we don't have control over, but that there are 20% of the things in my control that I did not even recognize as problems. Number one, I was quite proud of being a perfectionist, like quite proud. <laughs> and I didn't see that good unhealthy. thing, right? <laughs> And I, um, it was so unhealthy. It was an unhealthy, um, expectation I had on myself and, and others. Um, and then the second is what you pointed out was this, I'm going to say over-reliance on external validation. I don't think in and of itself, external validation is terrible because we all like to know that other people appreciate what we're doing. Right. But 
it was definitely an over-reliance. I had lost my ability to say, man, I'm really proud of how that talk went, or man, that was a great clinic day. I was looking for others to tell me. And I think some of that happens as we go through training. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And, you know, when you're in medical school and in residency, or even going through the application process, you're looking for cues. Am I doing it right? Am I worthy enough? Am I good enough? And you're, you're looking for those things because just the way that the whole process is structured. Right. And so you kind of get in this performance mindset. Um, and so it's almost as if you're up on the stage and you're putting on a performance, hoping that everybody is really on board with the way you're performing and that you're going to get those hidden out of the park reviews. Um, and so obviously the problem with this is if, you know, you give somebody the um, power to validate you, you also give them the power to invalidate you. And in an academic setting, every single one of my colleagues was just as busy as I was. Yeah. And, and amazing, much. amazing right. people. And they were doing such amazing jobs, but nobody had the bandwidth to say, hey, great job on that. Hey, thank you for taking that project on. So if you're relying on external validation and you're working in an environment where everybody is just trying to survive, um, that external validation isn't coming, right? Um, so I think that, and then I think the third thing um, that really kind of um, pushed me over the edge is I've, I've kind of like, enjoy being efficient and getting my checklist done. You know, I like those dopamine hits. Yeah. It's the first job I've ever been in where I could not get all the check boxes checked. Mm-hmm. I never knew that it was acceptable to have work left over at the end of the day. Yeah. And but so there's just when, some things that aren't going to be done. No, I didn't know how to get comfortable with that. And so, you know, in my, you know, uh, poorly uh, thought out wisdom at the time, I was like, I do not need to talk to colleagues over lunch. I do not need to interact with my mm-hmm. MA and find out how her son is doing. I, so I cut out all the personal interactions and connections to maximize my time and get things done. And I never knew how important that relatedness or the ability to connect at work really is for our you know, mental fitness. Oh, that's so important because I, I, I hear you and I, I think, I think you're right. I think that's the first thing that often falls by the wayside. Like I'm not going to chit chat with people and make nice. I'm too busy doing these really important things. And that, you know, like you, yes, you are doing important things. And yet, you know, that connection is actually protective, at least to some extent against burnout, right? Because when we can really connect and, you know, really be seen as a human being and not just Dr. So-and-so, you know, then we have an opportunity to, to, to feel like ourselves, to feel human. Oh, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Um, okay. And so tell us a little bit then about your journey from, um, you know, being in this place where you had come to healing and there's, there's a story there between that and where you are now, where you get to coach residents and faculty. And I think that's a really, um, I think it's a really important part of your journey. So if you'd share with us kind of what happened there. Yeah. So you know how sometimes I've used this analogy a couple of times recently, like when you're washing clothes and two random clothing items come together and you're like, oh, 
look at that. I can make an outfit out of that. I mean, that might just be me, but that's how my brain works. <laughs> Sometimes like seeing the juxtaposition of things really opens up. And so what, what the, th- there are like three or four things that came together for me to kind of pivot me into the direction I'm in right now. One was um, knowing what I had gone through and um, also being like on social media and watching um, residents and even medical students like say, okay, how can I pay off this debt and get out of clinical medicine as fast as possible? And I just like was thinking how hard that is. They've spent so much blood, sweat, tears, money, and time. Yeah. And now they want to leave it. And there was something that had them get there. And so seeing that, not knowing really what to do with it, right. Understanding it, but yeah. not knowing what to do with it. Um, and then I, um, was really missing working more closely with the residents. I had pivoted and I, I became on call faculty, which I remain. Um, but I, I was missing that piece because I think it's a very impressionable time. Um, and I loved that role I played. And so trying to figure out what is that going to look like? Am I going to try to go right back into for faculty? Am I going to be a consultant? What, you know, like, not sure, sure where I wanted to go. And then I had a friend who was like, I know somebody that can help you um, figure this out. And I was like, who? And she was like, Dr. Allie, Nowick, Dr. Allie Nowitzki, she is a physician coach. And I was like, a what? And she was like, a physician coach. And I was like, oh yeah, I think I've seen her. She does like <clears throat> healthy lifestyles, right? But I had already kind of dialed that stuff in during this like healing mm-hmm. process. So I was like, I don't think she's, the per- I don't think I need her. And they're like, no, 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 you do. So I got on a consult call with her and she is just an amazing woman. And she kind of helped me see some pieces. And then she invited me to be part of a, a group coaching program that she was doing. And I watched over 12 weeks, this group of physicians take these tools that I never knew existed mm-hmm. and make major transformations in their jobs, in their relationships, in their health. And was like, oh my goodness. So all the juxtaposition, I'm like, how do I work with residents? How, look at all of these um, early career uh, people and um, trainees that are ready to leave medicine. Oh my goodness, look at this whole new set of tools and knowing the backdrop of my story. And it was like, this is it. It was one of those light bulb moments. This is like, this is what is needed to help with what we can control in medicine is to um, work with residency programs, both the faculty and residents to see where they can take back agency, where they can learn to get back in touch with their own gut and trust what, trust the process, but trust themselves mm-hmm. and get to that performance mode and just trusting that they're going, they're learning and it's okay that they don't know everything. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that's how I got from there to here. Oh, I think that's, that's so amazing. And I'm, I'm so glad that you're doing this work. I, I recently was listening to another podcast and they were talking about, um, a large scale, uh, program and a randomized controlled trial showing the benefits of, um, you know, group coaching for, um, this was a group of, of women residents. Um, and I don't know if you've heard that uh, or seen that study, but, um, it just made me think again, you know, with a lot of hope that if we could learn 
early on in our careers, how to take care of ourselves, how to think differently, how to come in with really healthy mindset and balance and boundaries. Everyone in medicine benefits. The whole system benefits and the system will need to change. Yes. But it, you know, what a groundswell that could be to have a group of physicians who are saying, yeah, I'm well-trained. I can take care of your patients and everything is not going to be on my back. Yes. Oh, I'm, yeah, that's exactly it. And that study came out of, uh, from a group of C at CU University of Colorado, Dr. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Spainstad <laughs> and Dr. Uh, Mann, um, amazing um, physicians. They chose um, female trainees because there's a higher burnout rate mm-hmm. um, compared no, not that the male burnout rate is uh, not it's significant. not insignificant. It's still very but. It's still very and so, um, but yeah, I and I actually get to work with them on that multi center trial, so I'm really thrilled mm-hmm. about that. Um, but I think that's and and what I have learned over the last few year, couple of years since I started right before the pandemic of all times to kind of start in a new space, but um, is partnering both with faculty and with the resident groups and doing both group coaching because the group coaching really provides that, oh my goodness, it's not just me. Right. Oh, and then when you're an observer watching somebody else get coached, you're not in your own head as much. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. it's easier to see and get clarity. Mm -hmm. So there's that connection piece that's really important, but also combining that with individual coaching, which is what I do with my hybrid program. So the Mm -hmm. individuals have things that they may not want to unpack in front of other people, but it's a nice, safe place. I'm an external coach. I'm not going to be um, supervising them and evaluating them, you know, the next week. Right. And that has been really good. And um, we usually bring up some specific topics. Some of those that I learned the hard way, like unhealthy perfectionism and over-reliance on external validation, Um, time management and efficiency, right? Like there's um, some key topical um, skills that we kind of build in, but more than that is we help them realize that they have their own best answers so much of the time and they just need to, to, to get back to that belief in themselves. Oh yeah. I, that's so important because you're right. Like a lot of, a lot of the tools that we use in coaching aren't crazy difficult. They're not crazy algorithms that we had to memorize the Krebs cycle or anything like that. They're very simple and they're a way to really reconnect with who we are right? That we have had to forget or squish down or hide, you know, underneath the white coats. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited that you're doing this work and, um, you know, really hope that, um, yeah, that we're creating, you know, really a new, a new way, a new way forward. And I think, you know, especially leading with women physicians, um, you know, we're just, we're, we're going to change it up. <laughs> That's right. And that's where it starts. It just starts in like each individual doing what they can for themselves. Right. And then, and then deciding and deciding and then having kind of a, um, kind of this awakening of like, okay, this is a better way to approach it for ourselves. And then as our teams, and then as, um, leaders, and then as we, um, kind of shift the culture of medicine. And, you know, um, Dr. Palomar, Dr. Carrie Palomar out of Harvard has been working in coaching trainees for 10 years. I had mm-hmm. no idea 
not, but she has a lot of great evidence that coaching um, uh, works really well um, in trainees in different specialties and different um, various iterations. And so I think um, the ACGME has uh, understood the importance. And so I think you're going to see more and more programs adopting various ways of um, incorporating coaching into training, which I think is a huge need. And I'm super excited. Oh, that's, I, I love hearing that. Um, definitely when I was more involved with, with the residency programs, uh, it was wellness was the buzz and, and wellness is all well and good, right? It has its place, but, but coaching really brings the, how do you actually do this? How do you actually prioritize this in yourself? You know, it's the, it's, it's helping you to actually create the paths. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. So for someone who's out there listening, whether they are a resident or a faculty member, or just, just a quote unquote, just a practicing physician, and they're experiencing burnout, or they're not sure, uh, maybe they're feeling a little bit burned out, but they, you know, they're, they're just kind of questioning what's going on. What would you say to them? What do you want them to know? I think my biggest thing that I want them to know is there is hope that they can actually enjoy their chosen career. Each individual is bringing something important to a patient population or to um, trainee setting. And um, so I, number one, I want them to know there's hope. And, you know, um, I healed in that nice private practice, but I, um, even though my main focus, because I think my main purpose right now is to give that hope and help partner with, um, residents and, um, faculty to get there. Um, even though that's my main focus, I pivoted and started working at the local FQHC recently to kind of be the person for, you know, people that take vacations and it's just like lessens the burden on the system. And FQHC is a very challenging environment, but it's mm-hmm. such a rewarding environment. And now with the tools, I find that I am able to engage when I'm there so much better. And so if I can just give you that glimmer of hope that you can get back to enjoy the job that you um, chose and actually just flourish in all of life. It doesn't have to be consuming. Yeah. I think that's so important. It's not, it's not the, the hope that we all just change it up and we all do this or do that thing, but it's that we can find healing that we can grow and change and, you know, really kind of connect back with ourselves wherever we are. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Um, So for anybody who's out there listening and they're curious to learn more about you and the coaching work that you do and connect with you, where can my listeners find you? Well, they can go to my website, which is joyandfamilymedicine.com. I'm also on um, Facebook, Joy FM Coaching and on um, Instagram as Joy in Family Medicine, and just as Tanya Kaler uh, on uh, LinkedIn. So you can get social media. I have a blog on my website that I give a lot of the tools um, or um, a lot of the uh, topical um, content there. Um, And yeah, and if anybody listening knows of a family medicine residency program that may want to partner, please send them my way. Great. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Uh, well, listeners, that wraps it up for today. So thank you so much for joining me. And thank you to Dr. Tanya Kaler for joining me for this discussion. Um, we just hope that um, 
you know, for anyone out there listening, that what you take away from this is that you have options, you have choices, and you don't have to stay stuck. There really are good solutions and wonderful people out there who are working to change things uh, slowly but surely. <laughs> yes. And thank you for having me and for highlighting the importance um, so all of your listeners know that you do have, they do have hope because you're highlighting so many different stories and that hopefully they'll be able to identify where they can see a path forward for themselves. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much again, and we will uh, catch you next week. All right. Bye for now. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. To learn more about my coaching programs, head to www.healthierforgood.com. And if you love this podcast, please drop us a review on iTunes or support the show by clicking the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.